You're listening to Season 3, Episode 15. Hello and welcome back to Let's Talk Shop. Thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Therese and I am your host. I run a business called Small Business Collaborative where I help business owners grow their wholesale. In today's episode, I am speaking with Rosie, who's the founder and owner of LFA, which is a PR agency and also PR dispatch. And we talk about pivoting your businesses, how one has taken a bit of a backseat at the moment because of what's happening in the world. And of course, we talk a lot about PR and how to get started, what to do and not to do and all that sort of things and why it's important and how you can really help small businesses out there at the moment since the media and the press is giving small businesses a lot of attention. So now is a brilliant time to get started with your PR if that's something that you have been thinking about doing. As always, I love seeing where you are listening. So do tag me over on Instagram. I'm small underscore business underscore collaborative. And now let's get straight into my chat with Rosie from PR Dispatch and LFA. Hello, Rosie. Thank you so much for coming on Let's Talk Shop. I would love for you to introduce PR Dispatch and LFA, both of them, I suppose. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. My name's Rosie. Hello. I am I was originally the founder of LFA. That is a PR agency. We do lifestyle homeware and fashion PR for brands like Estella Bartlett, Matthew Calvin, Lowy, Miss Pom Pom. And um, I started LFA about seven years ago. And I always wanted to teach brands how to do their own PR because I don't come from a PR background. I actually come from a textile background. So I came into PR with no previous experience and just um, kind of a bit of passion to learn something new. So three years ago, I started PR Dispatch, a completely separate company from LFA. And we teach brands how to do their own PR for £59 a month, give them the contacts, press contacts, advice, learning, support, um, everything they might need. Um, and we have about 160 members now, all small businesses, all independents, all doing a really, really great job. That's so exciting. And how has it been? Like, how are you doing during, like, with lockdown? Um, <laughs> no, it's been, it's been okay. It's been okay. I'm an introvert anyway, so um, I quite, I quite like staying, staying indoors. But yeah, so it's been, it's been good. LFA got hit quite hard at the start. So I think the first thing when you're paying a PR agency, I don't know, £2,000 a month, obviously that that budget's going to be cut. Um, it's going to be the first thing to go. So lots of our long-term clients cancelled their contracts, which at the time I found quite hard emotionally and obviously financially. But um, I pivoted the team onto PR Dispatch that became very, very relevant because the press during this time, during COVID press, the press have been working on online content more than more than kind of usual. And they've been wanting to feature small businesses. They've been featuring independents more, small businesses more. So actually that business became very, very re- relevant and we've seen a huge increase in signups and we've seen a huge increase in coverage that our members have been getting. So it's been it's been bittersweet. One business has really suffered, but the other one's done really, really well. Yeah, it must have been. But I suppose those clients, once things pick up for them again, they might come back to LFA. 
Yeah, they yeah. could be PR dispatch members if they have. <laughs> or they could be more time on their hands. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or they could be PR dispatch members. We've kind of taken the the gas. We've still got two clients at LFA, and there's um, Jasmine's working really hard on those. But in terms of winning new business for LFA, I've taken my foot off the gas for now, and we've put all everything into PR dispatch because I think I think it is really relevant at the moment, and I think brands understand how to do it themselves. They can do a really really good job. Yeah, especially since editors are seems to look for the content now. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And they they want to feature independence more than ever before. So were you always going to, I know that you've done a lot of work on PR Dispatch lately. Were you, was that always going to happen like this? You'd redone some of the back bits on their membership platform and stuff. Was that always going to happen? Or was that just now is the time because... We have a bit extra manpower or I think, woman I think, power. Yeah, woman power. All woman power here apart from the dog. Yeah. <laughs> I think, you know, as a small business, you always have a long list of to-dos. And on our list was redo the like video content, the learning content, the templates. We were always going to launch. We recently launched 120 new um, small business press spaces and people to know we were always going to do that um, but the rest of the learning content happened because all of a sudden the team became more free and I thought mm-hmm. right now now is the time you know I, 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 I want to keep as many as the team as possible we've we've got a bit of money in the bank to keep us afloat and we've got members coming through the door let's put our foot on the gas and redo all the content and listen to our members and see what they want more of so we have got more plans in the pipeline for member developments maybe around um having like experts come in monthly and speak to them about topics and be like a mentor and business clinics so we have got other ideas as well and every week we've got new ideas that we're developing you know podcasters in the pipeline that I just spoke to you about so yeah it's it's constant development because we're we're spending more time with our members and listening to them and we're bringing on new members and what do they want that's brilliant and I think that I don't know if people realize how much content is in the membership because I got some access to it and looked yeah. through it and there's so much there my, uh, I didn't know of my, know? Hus- my husband was saying this weekend he was like I think I don't think you should call yourself PR dispatch. He was like, because it's it's not just PR, it's it's teaching brands how to build a brand up from the start. And yeah, we don't cover things like wholesale. I'll leave that with you. Um, but like <laughs> wholesale and retail and kind of route to market. But we do cover like the imagery you need, kind of where to spend your budget at the start, understanding your customer. Because all of those things, although they don't seem relevant to PR, they are really, really relevant to PR. And having that right imagery at the start to build your brand and a, a great website and great social media all leads to coverage that you can get for, for your brand. So he's really keen for me to rename the whole business, but we're, I'm not going into that at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> I love the name PR Dispatch, but it all ties together, I find. That I end up talking about images a lot as yeah. well, and certain other things that I'm sure you talk a lot about as well. I think there's always synergies. Like I feel that if you can do your own PR, you can do your wholesale because you're yeah. still pitching something, right? Exactly. And if you do wholesale, you can easily do your own PR. It's like the same skills, more or less. I yeah. guess. Yeah, and I think the way we get our members to think about it, because I think there is there is an ick, I call it the ick, around pitching your own brand. 
and like mm. going to the press or maybe going to um, wholesalers and like pitching your brand to them. But the way way I try and get our members to think about it is uh, the press cannot do their job without your suggestions. So mm-hmm. if you are not filling their inbox with product suggestions or suggestions of people to feature or stories they they really can't do their job and they love to hear they really do I'm not just saying this they really do love to hear from small businesses so I think once brands get it into their mind that you know oh well by pitching my product and pitching suggestions I'm helping them to do their job they feel much more comfortable about doing it yeah and it's exactly the same with with shops I mean if you if they don't find new brands and suppliers to work with, there's going to be empty shops. Exactly. No one wants to visit an empty shop. Exactly. So it's definitely help coming from a sort of angle of helping. I love that. Yeah. So you shifted focus a little bit and now you are focusing everything on the PR dispatch, which is brilliant that you were able to do that quite quickly, especially with everything going on. I thought that was so inspiring. And I think we've seen so many pivoting stories out there now that are so inspiring. Yeah, it's been amazing. It's been incredible. Why do you think now is the right time for small businesses to to get more PR or start trying to get PR? Why are editors looking to work with small businesses now? Oh, I have an endless list. So the first thing is, so from, from the press side, they are really keen to support independence of small businesses at this time. I saw something in the Telegraph this weekend. I think it was 100 small businesses that are working flat out during this time. And they profiled, I think, 100 small businesses. Elle have done a roundup of the top inde- top 100 independent brands to shop with. They just, they really know that the small businesses need it at this time. And actually, the small businesses have pivoted, or lots of small businesses have pivoted to supply product that big businesses can't supply like I look at John Lewis and a lot of it is unavailable it's not available for mm-hmm. delivery you look at small business and they're still shipping they, they're they nimble enough to be able to fulfill what customers want and create products quickly that customers want so that's the first reason that the press wants to support small businesses in terms of you know independence and doing PR at this time for the first time ever, everyone is at home. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's at home. Everyone is online most of the day. Even if they're not in meetings, they're online. So, you know, you can drop into an editor's inbox and they're much more likely to pick it up. You can um, interact with them on Instagram and they're much more likely to notice you as a small business. We say, we said in the workshop we did recently, the press are having much more, uh, many more Instagram breaks. Yes. That, that wasn't, Everyone is having more Instagram breaks. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's having more Instagram breaks. So that wasn't, that wasn't available or that didn't happen a few months ago. And the pre- um, in terms of the brand now, the brands have more time to, to do the press. So time was always an issue for our members. They, you know, they, you know, everything else takes over press because the thing with press is it's non-urgent but important. So because it's non-urgent, an order is urgent. Press is non-urgent, but it's really, really important to do it and do it consistently and to build relationships. So now that brands have the time and they're they're pitching to editors, they're starting to see results quicker than probably they would have, especially with the the amount of online content that's being done. Because obviously a printed magazine, it's what they're working three to five months ahead. But there's so much online content at the moment that these brands are doing the press and a few days, maybe a few weeks later, they're seeing some coverage from what they were doing so the reward feels much better so I think they're kind of 
the basic reasons of why why PR is so relevant at this time. And do you think this will carry on till Christmas time? Because when do you start pitching long leads for Christmas normally? That's ah, soon. Well, if you get this out before Thursday, Yeshin, who I know you know, Yeshin and I have a workshop on Thursday with Crafty Fox, who I know you also know. So anyone can join that, by the way. And we are covering the topic of what to prepare for Christmas. So we are already thinking about imagery that you need for Christmas and assets that you need and what you need to think about. In July, we open our Christmas gift guide, which is all the contacts to the Christmas gift guide press. And we will be compiling that from July to until December. So July is when you really need to start thinking about Christmas gift guides. The difference with Christmas gift guides and normal press is there are so, so many opportunities. It's, it's, you've obviously read a Christmas gift guide. It's endless, Mm. endless product suggestions, both in print and online. And it opens up doors for brands that may struggle with press normally because maybe their product's a bit niche or um, it's quite um, maybe a difficult price point or I don't know maybe it's just not relevant at other times of year Christmas opens doors for everyone for example L will have a what to buy for the kids sections so L is traditionally a fashion magazine yeah then has a kids page which they would never normally have so that's why I am so passionate about Christmas gift cards <laughs> And do you think this year they will have instead of, you know, not instead of, but also what, you know, how to support small businesses this Christmas? Because that's where it's right now. And I feel that you're starting to pitch in July. People are still going to be in that mindset, perhaps. Yes, definitely, definitely. And I think Christmas gift guides generally, especially actually both print and online, they, they really do like to find interesting products from different brands. It is so boring. A Christmas gift guide that is just all high street or department stores. Mm. It's so, so boring. So the the job of a Christmas gift guide compiler is to find small businesses, independents, exciting products, things that are outside the box, because otherwise it would just be such a boring Christmas gift guide. So I'd say they do it anyway. But I think more this year, the pressure will be on for them to find really interesting gifts from really interesting brands i hope so i really hope so because it would be so much more fun for all of us that are passionate about small business to actually read them (laughs) exactly yeah exactly do you feel that pr leads to sales right away or is it more about building that trust with your customer oh that's such a good question so we always say PR is not a sales exercise. You do not do PR to drive sales. You do PR to drive awareness of your product and to do exactly what you just said, instill trust in your brand with your customer. I'm not saying that PR doesn't lead to sales because it sometimes does. I mean, when I first started 10 years ago now, when I first doing did start started doing PR in the internship I was in I used to see sales come through the price point was really accessible so if they got a scarf featured they'd probably sell 10 to 15 scarves about 10 years ago maybe a 40 pound scarf now mm. now it, you might see three to four sales of the same price point so sales are much less because customers don't shop in that way anymore you know they see a brand in the telegraph they follow them on Instagram. They then get retargeted by them. They then see them, um, I don't know, in their favorite boutique. They then go back to their page and they see that they've been featured in The Stylist. 
that they feel more trust towards the brand and then it's about is it the right time of year do they want that scarf at that, that exact moment or mm-hmm. is it a gift for someone so it's about creating awareness and keeping that customer on your radar so doing things like digital remarketing I think is really really valuable when you're doing PR because you can put budget behind coverage that you've had and keeping on that customer's radar and also email marketing so making sure they're signing up to your mailing list when they're coming to your website so when they're ready to make that purchase they already know they want to shop with you they've seen your press they found you through the press they've seen other press of yours they they feel that trust with you that you're stocked in the local store that they love they love your social media they're on your mailing list and then they make that purchase with you and that is what PR is for and it's so so crucial that it it is part of your strategy because that trust and credibility that PR gives you nothing else can give you that sort of trust and credibility that PR can so it's more like a long-term thing so it's a bit hard to measure result I suppose oh it's a nightmare to measure results (laughs) you know as as you know as coming from the PR agency side it's 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 hard to um, like convince a client that you know it's part of a wide strategy and you're going to get featured in the Telegraph and we you know you might see a slight uplift in website traffic on that day, but it's not about that. It's a long term strategy, and I think if you can start to see it as that and part of your strategy and keep doing it every week, keep in touch with the press. You over time you will start to see the benefits. We've worked with a brand now for quite a long time and. Their one goal was to, they had a big, big wholesale business, but their one goal was to drive drive online sales. They were like, we hardly mm. have any online sales. We want to grow that side of our business because obviously the profit margins are bigger. And, you know, people don't know about us apart from through our, through our retailers. So we were hired to drive their e-com business. And we, I think we've been working for two years now. And we've really, really done that. We've really seen a massive increase in online sales in people coming to the website. And I do believe a lot of that is through PR. Their awareness has grown massively. The trust has grown massively. People know who they are. So yeah, it, it, you see it as a long-term strategy. Don't see it as a quick win because that's not what it is. Hmm. No, yeah, if you want quick win, so you, I suppose there's other things to do. I'm also not really wholesale is also not a quick win thing so. yeah. <laughs> you're on the wrong podcast if you want a quick win <laughs> yeah. it's not exactly what it's about <laughs> um so how do you even get started then if, you, if you're listening to this and you're sort of not really given PR that much thought but how do you even get started now that's a big question <laughs> so my first thing is is to just start just start somewhere please don't be afraid of PR I think the biggest misconception is the press are scary and they don't care they they're they're really lovely and they do they do really care they're really really nice to actually work with first place to start is looking at your imagery do you have the assets the imagery assets that they are going to need to compile their features the most important being the white cutout shots um, or on a clear background if you've got those cutout shots you've got a website you're pretty much ready to go you don't need to write a press release any of that it's all old 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 you just need to kind of start reaching out to the press and being in their inbox it's all about being in their inbox because the way they compile their features is they will search their inbox for I don't know patterned monochrome pattern tray table and up comes everyone that's pitched that item or Mm -hmm. um 
sunglasses and up comes everyone that's pitched sunglasses and then they'll rustle through and respond to people that um, have pitched sunglasses. And this might be three months previously that someone's pitched sunglasses in or a year even. We have it longer, 18 months. Sometimes we get responses off the press for something we pitched 18 months previously. So just Mm. be in their inbox, start to do something. It's If you've got that imagery, you're pretty much ready to go. I mean, in as, as a PR dispatch member, we get our members to look at their brand. Is it the best it can possibly be? But it's exactly the same. Like if, you, if you're thinking about wholesaling, like does your brand look the best it possibly can be? Is your website up to scratch? Is your, is your social media beautiful? And if you can answer yes to all those questions, you're totally ready to get started with PR. And how long does it take? Because I think some people are scared of adding more to their to-do list yeah yeah I mean this is I think this is where we have really tried to work on PR dispatch because I as a small business owner I understand that time and with a newborn baby time time doesn't exist anymore (laughs) where is time so I've tried to make it as efficient as possible for our members so I say to our PR members PR dispatch members try and do one hour a week if you can do one to two hours, even better. And in that one to two hours a week, you are copying and pasting templates that we give you and contacting the contacts that we give you. We make you understand the features because what I want you to do is be pitching something that's relevant to them. So we get you understanding the features. There's a bit of pre-learning. So I'd say maybe if you've got three to four hours, we get our members to like work through the videos. If you're not a PR dispatch member, it does take a lot longer. And the reason being is the contact are a bit of a pain so knowing who is compiling what feature is where the time consuming element is because you Mm -hmm. have to read through the features get their name find their email address online somewhere if it's not online try and get hold of them on the phone to get their email address and that is where PR can get very very time consuming it could take eight hours a day easily just tracking down contact so that's why I've, I've tried to make it as time efficient as possible from for people to be just getting in the inboxes of the press whilst understanding how the press works. So once you got your initial things, like your line sheet, and which is yep. different from your wholesale line sheet. Yeah, very different <laughs> from your wholesale <laughs> line sheet. Do not put wholesale prices on a press line yeah. sheet. <laughs> <laughs> and like your wholesale line sheet, they all kind of turned into catalogues almost now. So very different. But once you have that, like, and you work through, say you did sign up to PR Dispatched and you you work through the sort of initial learning. Mm-hmm. How long does it take then to see, you know, how much time do you have to spend say, each week to see a result? So we say one to two hours a week, just one to two hours a week, just literally pitching to the press. You mm-hmm. can probably do it quicker than that if you get efficient. But I think if you set aside one hour a week, you're doing, I can tell you, you're doing a lot more than your competitor, unless they've got a PR agency, you, you're, you're, doing a lot more so one hour a week and then in terms of how long it takes to see results it can take time uh you know you're pitching to the press they've never heard of your brand before or maybe they have which is Mm. great but we've had members join us like recently we had shrimps house join us and she's done incredibly well i think she got three pieces of coverage in her first kind of six weeks of being a member which is incredible yeah 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 incredible but she's got that type of product that's bold it's a great price point so it's very easy to get coverage for if you've got maybe a slightly higher price point or it's a it's something like jewelry or it's more niche you're probably gonna it's probably gonna take a bit longer to see coverage and you don't actually have to do it 
as a business owner, it doesn't have to be you doing no, those no, emails, no. right? Yeah, it can be. We, we get lots of our members getting either a virtual assistant or um, someone that already works for them doing this outreach because it just takes away that pressure from um, from the founder. So, yeah, you can absolutely get someone. If you get a virtual, lots of our members get virtual assistants doing it um, just to help them out with time. And that way it doesn't even have to cost that much money because... If it's just one or two hours a week, yeah. it doesn't even have to be a huge investment. It's obviously yeah. an investment, but it doesn't have to cost the, as much as hiring a PR agency. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you're, if you're thinking about hiring a PR agency, minimum £2,000 a month. And I'm going to be completely honest. I We've worked, when I first started, we worked with maybe smaller businesses and independents. And now at the agency, I'll only work with people that are you know, teams of maybe eight to 10 plus, they've got good revenue streams, they're really solid, solid income, and they can invest in PR for a long time, because that's the thing with PR, especially with an agency, you have to invest in it for, mm-hmm. I say at least a year. And I, I, I know that small businesses sometimes think, oh, well, I'll just get an agency to do it. But a lot of agencies will take your money and not tell you, you know, this is, this is a long term investment, and it's going to take a long time to see results. And you're not going to get a payback on the money that you're putting in for a very long time so that's mm. one thing that I really want small businesses to be aware of and that's me as a PR agency as well saying that which I think is very honest and I think a lot of PR agencies are not known yeah. for their honesty yes. <laughs> there's a lot of bad lot of bad um I didn't realize this because obviously I didn't start in PR I've never worked for a PR I've never really even been into a PR a proper PR agency I started from a textile designer side so I never knew that PR agencies had a bad reputation <laughs> or <laughs> you know PR was so hated so hated in the industry until I really started to talk to brands and they were like well I was with a PR agency and you know they took my money and it didn't work out and that that really it really bothered me for so many years that you know it, it had such a bad reputation and PR agencies maybe hadn't been honest with small businesses. So, yeah, I think it's really important to be honest and straight up from the start. I think that's how we should all do business nowadays. (laughs) Or probably in the past too, but it wasn't always the case. But, yeah, (laughs) I definitely think that that's how we should all be doing business going forward. Exactly. One thing that I always wonder about, in terms of different kinds of features, so bloggers, for example, or influencers and that sort of thing, does that tie in? with PR or is it pure marketing because I seem to think see lots you know lots of marketing people help you with that sort of thing but I thought that can also tie into PR yeah we so we do it as an agency so at uh, sorry at LFA that is a service Uh that we do and actually I I mean I think it's I think it falls under PR someone can one can argue me with me against that one but I think it is PR um the way we do it is at LFA is, is very strategic. So we'll work with a small number of influencers on behalf of a brand, building relationship with them, giving them product. One thing to note is if you are giving a brand product, you, you can't expect anything in return. And I know how frustrating that is for a small business. I, don't get me wrong. I know how frustrating that is. But it's just industry wide. If you're giving something away, you can't request something in return I mean you and the influencer can talk about it but there is nothing contractual there to get anything in return so my advice is and what we find works best is building relationships with influencers first 
um, really getting to know them on social media, really deciding they're right for you, then saying to them, look, I'd love to give you something, would you, you know, small business, but we'd really love to give you something, would you be interested? When you're sending that product off, make it as special as possible. Handwritten note, beautifully wrapped, I don't know, maybe including something else if it's relevant to them. And that experience that influencer will get when they open it will be really, really special that they'll want to share it. So I think if you can go go, go at influencers like that, and I do find that influencers really, really work when done right and strategically. But I, I do understand there's a lot of frustration around kind of giving away product and not getting what you want in return. So my advice is build the relationship with them first. Yeah, there is always lots of frustrations about around that, I think, on yeah online you know we see it in our various facebook groups and stuff and it's always tricky because people no one know i mean it's hard to know where you stand as a small brand sometimes i think yeah it i I totally understand i totally understand the frustration and if an influencer comes to you and asks you asks you for something i'd be really really wary i think as an influencer you know the best influencers you, you build a relationship with them and then you you reach out to them they're coming to you and asking you for something that for me rings alarm bells yes i think that's maybe the kind often the sort of influencers that has you know created this strange industry i suppose where yeah. where, where people feel resentment because you know you sent lots of free stuff out but you don't get any return for it exactly um whereas before you know people were trusted as influencers that's the whole point with them right but now there's so many that are calling themselves influencers without having that influence i suppose exactly and i'd 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 say try and think outside the box like for example i am in no way shape or form an influencer and I mean, I've got about 3,000 Instagram followers. I'm no way, shape or form an influencer. But when I had the baby, when I had Sloan, it was actually a few of our members were really kind and sent me some stuff. In particular, it was Dinky Human and Etta Love. And they sent me lovely gifts. They were just gifts. They didn't ask me for anything. They were just like, oh, well, I'll send you some like clothes for Sloan and some bits and bobs for Sloan. And I have repeatedly put Instagram posts out, tagging them, taking some nice photos, shared them with them. I'm in no way an influencer, but I've created content for them. So if you can look at influencers in that way, you know, maybe a a small business owner or um, someone outside the box. So if you were, um, if you did sports, something, something like sportswear or something, you could maybe find someone that was training for the Olympics, maybe had 4,000, 5,000 followers, but they were all really avid sport fans and you sent it to that person. That, I think that can sometimes really, really work as an influencer. Mm. Yeah, and you, those people probably don't receive as many things. Yeah. And therefore, they, they pretty much feature all the things they say yes to on exactly. their Instagram. I exactly. mean, I think that, I, I mean, just the things I buy, I rarely buy something from a small business without, you know, posting about it in some way, shape or form. Exactly. Yeah. And I've got, I was actually sent something by um, one of our members, Can Can, for Sloan again, some body wash. Mm. I've actually got it sitting in front of me right now. I use it. I haven't opened it yet, mainly because it's so lovely and I use it in all my videos. <laughs> and she's she's going through another baby wash at the moment. But as soon as like that one's done, I'm going to move her on to Can Can. But I... I use it in all my videos and all the Facebook lives I do and all the Instagram lives I do. And yeah, it's not loads of people, but you know, there's there's small brands watching it. And yeah, I'm really grateful that they sent me that. So yeah, there you go. Uh, That's just, 
that's something that I thought was um really good. Yeah, it doesn't have to be that masses of followers sometimes, yeah. I think, because I suppose if you have a smaller follower, you often have a more engaged following. Exactly. And yeah. people actually know you. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's interesting with influencers, I think, because traditionally celebrities, that was always PR. But yeah. Yeah. Now it's kind of a bit fussy. <laughs> it's very fuzzy. I'm actually in the pipeline starting a course on influencers. Um, I've no idea what it's going to look like or feel like yeah because it is it is very fuzzy but I'll let you know when it's live <laughs> we'll get there yeah no that sounds good I think a lot of people need that um having like just some clear guidance yeah would be really good for a lot of people so looking ahead then do you think well how does your members you speak to a lot of small business owners what do you think uh, this year will look t- like retail wise I think Online ecom is going to be really, really great. I, I really, we've seen, you know, initially it was a bit like, oh, people aren't buying. And actually now people are really, really, um, going to town on small businesses, um, and spending their money with them. So I think if you can get yourself out there, whether that be via PR or social media or, um, ads, um, you know, you're really going to see online sales increase from now until Christmas. For brick and mortar, I'm less educated. So that's probably your side on what's going to happen there. But I definitely think from e-com, you know, brands are going to do really well this year. Absolutely. I think brand, well, I think, I hope that when those independent shops reopen, people will want to visit them. Yeah. Uh, however that might look like or when people start feeling safe about doing so I suppose but I also hope that all this attention that small businesses I I believe this too that small businesses have had during this time will continue like that are it's been long enough for people to change their habits a little bit I definitely think this will change the way people shop forever and people will people will try and shop with small businesses more so blessing in disguise some might say you know those shops that disappeared from our local high streets and stuff like you know the butcher or the greengrocer and stuff people have really missed those now and those in those towns and villages that has had those and enjoy those services they have been doing so well and they have really served their community so people I mean it's a really easy way to see why you shop small yeah definitely I totally agree if you don't use them they're not going to be around to use. Yeah, exactly exactly so how can people get involved with PR dispatch how can do you accept new members all the time how does that work very good question firstly you can follow us on Instagram at PR Dispatch, if you're just looking for kind of some um, free tips, if you like. We also have a free calendar every month that we send to our newsletter. So that's kind of the free ways you can get involved with us. We have a starter membership, which is £15 a month. So if you do not have that cutout imagery yet, but want to kind of like understand what you need for press and how they work and be part of our community and ask any questions you want to our PR experts that's £15 a month and you can join the starter membership 
And then we have our full membership, which has all the press contacts you could possibly need as a small business. And we've got six categories. So you just sign up to the category that's relevant to you. So it's women's, beauty, men's, lifestyle, kids and sports. And you just sign up Mm -hmm. to the category that's right to your product or your brand. If you cross over to, we do a discount on the second category. And we accept 20 members a month. And so as soon as it's just first come first serve, uh, we've still got memberships this month. So as soon as we're sold out of the 20, you have to wait till the following month and it starts to sell out quicker, which is great. (laughs) (laughs) Is that because you want to onboard them and and have time for everyone? Yeah, it's it's mainly because I get to, I like to get to know people. So um, we have a great, uh, which obviously you're part of the Facebook community group. And I think it's really nice, you know, if we were letting in hundreds of people a month, I literally wouldn't get to know everyone. But, you know, you get to know people in the group. Like, I could probably name, um, if, you, if you said a brand, I could probably name the person that goes with that brand, if they're a member. And we've got 160 members. So I think to control that, um, we only let 20 in um, a month. Um, and... Yeah, I think it keeps it quite um, special. But the community, as the community grows, you know, more people bring more expertise or someone, I just saw someone just ask for a packaging recommendation. You know, that's what the community bring, different experiences and ideas and learning. So I think that's fab. I think Facebook, I'm not a very frequent Facebook user, but I love Facebook groups. Yeah. It, it's just so good it's so interesting to see what people are talking about and what questions they have yeah I, I it's perfect for small business I think you know as valuable as obviously getting the right press contacts are and understanding how to pitch to the press and all of that that you get with being a member I think for me the Facebook group is the most valuable part um because it's you know you have access to PR experts, other brands that are in the same situation as you. I mean, you're in there. Catherine's in there. There's, yeah, a whole host of small business experts in there. And it's just so nice to see people like celebrating their coverage or celebrating wins. Mm. Or I love the celebrating the coverage. Bit. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah, that's always a good thing. Also, because I'm nosy, I like when people <laughs> post their line sheets so I can see what products they make. Because yeah. sometimes you don't know the person, you know, the brand behind the person. So it's quite nice. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's so good. It's such a great community. And if anyone is interested in becoming a member, Kate is on hand to do tours so you can just book a tour by the website and then Kate um our lovely Kate will show show you around um so if you are interested but a bit like oh is it right for me feel free to book a tour and Kate's on hand perfect well thank you so much for taking the time to chat and fitting it in between having your baby and running two businesses oh thank you i'm so i'm so honored i've been been following this podcast for ages so it's really nice to be on here thank you so much well thank you very much i hope that you have a great week thank you very much thank you bye thank you so much rosie and thank you so much to all of you who are listening if you're tuning into this on the day that it's released, you can still sign up to Rosie and Yeshin's workshop they're doing with Crafty Fox Market. They will be talking about how to get ready for Christmas. So ahead of Christmas gift guides. So that will be a great thing to tune into if you are planning on trying to get some features this Christmas. I know 
This is probably the second time or third time this season that I'm already starting to talk about Christmas. It's coming no matter what. Of course, all the links mentioned in the episode are in the show notes and I will be back next week with another episode. Thank you very much for listening. Listening.